Man, you guys look good. You guys sound good this morning also. Well, like I said, we've been in a six-week series, Life on Mission. If you've missed any of the sermons the last six weeks, you can go online and you can listen to any one of those, and I would encourage you to do that. I've also said that, man, if you're in a small group, if you're a small group leader and you are looking for a study to do in the fall, man, Life on Mission, it's a six-week small group study. It's DVD-based. Uh, the DVDs are like 10, 11 minutes long, and then you have the, the study that goes along with that. Man, I would encourage all of our small groups to participate in that. If you would like to do that, just let me know, and I can order more material if we need it. Uh, but it's a great study, and so I would encourage you to do that. And so what we've done throughout this, this series is we've, we've asked the question, uh, what is my purpose? What is my purpose here in this life? What is, what is my mission? What am I here for? Mark Twain has said that uh, the two most important days of your life are the day that you are born and the day that you find out why. Because we're not here just to suck up oxygen and take up space, but we're here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. We have a mission. We're on a mission with God. Did you guys know that God is a missionary God? Our God is a missionary God. John 3.16, a very familiar verse, a very popular verse. Even if you didn't grow up in church, you probably know this verse. You've seen it in uh, stadiums across the country. People hold up John 3.16. And it starts out by saying, for God so loved. And that's a, that's, that's, that's a big love. For God so loved. That's a big love. God's big love. The world. Right? And that world there is not necessarily the, the planet Earth world, but it's for the people in the world. So, so for God so loved you and me, the people on this earth, that he did what? He sent. He sent. See, God is a missionary God. He sent Jesus to earth. Jesus left heaven, and he came to earth, and he put on flesh, and he dwelled among us. And so God is a missionary God. And so, um, and so once we, we give our life, once we give our life to Jesus, and we say, hey, I want to follow Jesus, uh, he doesn't just whisk us away to heaven and take everything, uh, take us out of this world, does he? We're, we're here, and we're here for a purpose. We're here for a reason, and that is to, to love and to serve and glorify God. We are to be a light in a dark world. We are on a mission with God. And so each week we have uh, given action steps to show that we are on this mission with God. And so week one, does anybody remember week one? Nobody wants to guess because if you get it wrong, you're going to look, you're going to be embarrassed, aren't you? Go ahead. I don't care if you get it wrong. Go ahead. What was week one? Anybody remember what the action step was week one? What? Say it out loud. If you're wrong, it's okay. Huh? That was week Three. That's close, though. That's close. That's close. So week one was, we just simply identify who, right? Who do we know that's far from God? Who do we know that's far from God? It could be a family member. It could be a co-worker. It could be a neighbor. Somebody that you know. We all know somebody that does not know Jesus. And so uh, we identified that one person, right? And then the second week, we said uh, the action step was to... Do we need to go back and re-preach this whole series? <laughs> I will, I will. It'd be a lot easier for me. Week two was connect. Connect. Did somebody say that? Connect. So, so it's about, listen, this, this, this life on mission. Because remember week, week one, we started this off and I said, listen, I know we talk about this life on mission. We talk about sharing our faith and we talk about, you know, we get nervous. We think, man, I can't do this. But, but, but this whole series, the point has been, man, that it's about relationships, right? You connect 
with people. You connect, you build relationships, you invite them into your home, you invite them to your backyard, you have a, uh, a bonfire, you roast some marshmallows, you, uh, whatever you do, you connect with them, right? And you build that relationship. And so then week three, I was wrong, week three is not share, week three was serve, serve, very good, very good. So, so we serve them, right? Because serving starts and ends with Jesus. Jesus came, he served us, and so we serve other people. We serve them, we connect, we serve, and then, and then we share, right? We share our testimony, we share our story. Because once we've connected with them, and once we begin to serve with them, or serve them, uh, that's going to open up opportunities for us to then share our story and what God has done in our life. And then last week, uh, Tom shared that we do what? We help them grow, grow. And so we disciple and we equip, right? Our, our purpose here at Chester Christian Church is on the wall when you came in. It's in your program each and every week. And I try to share it verbally from the stage as often as possible. But it's very simple, okay? It starts out like this. We are here. Our purpose is to make much of Jesus. That's, that's, that's first and foremost. Our purpose is to make much of Jesus. Every time you enter into this place and you're here on Sunday morning, if we have not made much of Jesus, then we have not done our job. Our goal here is not for you to leave and, and to, to talk about anybody up here on stage or to talk about anything else, but our goal is for you to leave here and say, man, Jesus is awesome. I need Jesus. Jesus, is, he's the center of everything. He is, it's all about him. And so our goal is to make much of him. And the way that we do that is by reaching people with the gospel, discipling people in the gospel, and equipping people to share the gospel. Okay? And so, so that, that was uh, up to week five. And then today we wrap up what I believe, what I know it is. This is the most important part of the mission. I mean, if we don't get this right, man, then our mission is not going to be successful. It's going to be incomplete. And the last part that we're going to talk about today is prayer. Prayer. Listen, prayer is what drives this whole mission. Prayer is the key ingredient. It's essential to this mission. And yet, I think if we are honest with ourselves this morning, most Christians in this room, in this world, would, would, uh, would like to pray more than we do, right? We'd like to pray more than we do. Uh, we would like to spend more time with God than we currently are. Like, we're, we're in the middle of this 24 hours of prayer, and, and we filled up every single slot, man. That, that, that really did my heart good. I was glad to see that. And, uh, man, I pray that we've been praying through uh, our 24 hours here, which is going to end at 5 o'clock this, this evening. And I want to invite you to come back as we do a worship service together, and it's going to be awesome. I'm looking so forward to that. But I, but I think most of us here this morning would admit that we have a less than vibrant prayer life, right? Anybody, anybody with me on that, right? I mean, we all would, would like to pray more than what we do. And here's my, here's my belief. I think that most Christians operate on this low-level guilt that they either don't pray or they don't pray much. And so hear me on this, okay? The last thing that I want to do this morning is to make you feel guilty, to kind of heap up on that, that guilt that you feel and make you feel shameful over that. Because listen to me, guilt and shame never draw us toward Jesus. Guilt and shame never draw us toward Jesus. They actually push us away from him. Guilt and shame are horrible, horrible motivators to do anything. 
And so before we talk about prayer, this is what I want to do this morning. I want to do a little exercise. I want to do a, a little gospel primer here, okay, with you, uh, because I think this is going to be key for us to understanding uh, this whole idea of what prayer is, all right? So I need, I need a few volunteers here. I asked, uh, who did I ask? Aaron. Aaron Stanger, are you in here? Uh, Micah, you want to come up here, buddy? And then uh, Kyle, Kyle, my, Kyle McTernan, is he in here? Am I looking in the wrong place? Where's Kyle? Oh, you're over here. I'm sorry, I thought you were back here. Come on up here, guys, come on up here. So I want to do a little exercise with you guys, okay? And uh, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, again, this is just a gospel primer. You know that if you come here regularly, um, man, we preach the gospel every single week, okay? And so that's what we're doing. Uh, so first of all, what does, anybody want to tell me what gospel means? What's the word gospel mean? Bible? Anybody else? Good news. Gospel means good news, okay? So, so if the gospel is good news, then that means that there has to be the potential for bad news, right? So, so because the gospel, good news, is, invades bad, bad spaces, okay? So, so kids, think of it like this, right? You go to school and you take this test, and you, you finish that test, you turn it in, you think, man, I failed that test miserably. I know I flunked that test. I, have, I do not have a good feeling about this test, right? You're thinking, man, this is bad news. I'm going to get this test back. It's going to be an F. I flunked it. Any of you guys ever felt like that before? Kids? Adults? Right? We all have, right? So you're thinking, man, you're, you're, you're anticipating the bad news, and then you actually get the test back, and you passed it, and that's good news, Right? So that's the good news invading the bad space, right? So this is good news, right? The gospel means good news, okay? And so here's what I want to do, okay? I want to, uh, Kyle here is going to represent us. This is us. This is all of us. This is everybody in the world. Aaron is going to back up here for a minute because he's not needed currently. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually, actually, I'm, I'm missing a shirt, man. I had a, I had a shirt up here. Anybody, did anybody move a shirt up here from the band? I'm missing a shirt. Here, you go, put this shirt on. This is a big shirt, right? I, I'm missing a shirt somewhere. Oh, we have to, just have to use our imaginations here, okay? So, so Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, uh, this is what it says. It says, and you, and this is Paul talking, this, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, and you, uh, that, that includes all of you, includes every single person on this planet Earth, says we're dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. And that's Satan. He's talking about Satan. So, so here's the deal, okay? This, this is, Micah's going to be God here, and, and Kyle is us. And so what you have to understand here this morning is this, is that in the very beginning when God created everything, we had this awesome relationship with God. Everything was great, okay? But then what happened is, is, is Kyle here, Adam... In the, in the Genesis, uh, represents everybody in the world, uh, rebelled against God. And I had a shirt up here that was like totally stained with sin, black and all that, but as you can see, it's not here anymore. And so you have to imagine that, that, that Kyle, you know, is, is full of sin. So what that did then to our relationship with God is, is it's, it broke it. It separated it. Okay, but it didn't, just, it didn't just separate. I mean, this is bad. This is bad news, okay, because now we are separated from our Creator. The one who created us, the one who, who knows everything about us, the one who knows what's best for us, we were then separated from God. And we chose 
to do life on our own. We say, you know what, God, we don't need you. Uh, I can figure out life on my own. And you can see how well that's worked out for us, right? Not going too well, is it? And so what we've done is we've, we've, we've rebelled. And, and so we are, are, are sinners. We, we are full of sin. We uh, are our hearts. The Bible says our hearts are wicked. And this is bad news, right? But not only that, man, it's, it's, double, it's double whammy because not only are we sinful and separated from God, but now because of our sin, we are guilty. We are guilty. Which means if you're guilty, you've got to stand before a judge and be condemned. Right? And so because of our sin, we have to be judged. And our judgment was condemned to hell. All right, so that's bad news, right? So let's keep reading here. In verse 3, it says, And we were by nature children of wrath. Now, this is bad, okay? Uh, so what that means is this, guys, all right? So, so God's anger, his wrath, his anger was towards our sinfulness, all right? His, his wrath was towards our sinfulness because we had turned our backs on God and, 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 uh, and rebelled against him. His wrath was directed towards us, our sinfulness, okay? But go to verse 4. This is the good news. You ready? Verse 4. If you have uh, your Bibles open and you have a pen with you, I would highlight this next word in verse 4. It says, but. That's a huge word right there. That's a big but right there, okay? A little humor for you in church, all right? But God, being rich in mercy... And I love this, because of his great love, right? For God so loved the world. With his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, right? And I love this because in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, Paul says that while we were still sinners, while we were still rebelling against God, that he loved us. And he pursued after us. It says, with this great love with which he loved us. Go on, uh, Eva. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And so this is how this happens, okay? This is the gospel. This is good news. So, so Aaron represents Jesus. And so, he's, so God sent Jesus down to earth. And what Jesus did is he lived a perfect life, a life that you and I could not live. He obeyed the Father completely and totally, and then he went to the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. Now, if I'd have had my other shirt up here that was full of sin, I wanted to show you guys what this looked like because this is called the Great Exchange. And you can't forget this, okay? This, this, is, good, this is good stuff. So, so Jesus went to the cross as a perfect person. And while he was on the cross... Our sin, our, our filthiness, was then transferred over to Jesus. And all of that wrath that God had directed towards us then was poured out on Jesus on the cross. And so what I wanted to do here was take this clean shirt. Hold your shirt down there, buddy. Oh, well, you can't. You've got to lift your arms up. I'm sorry. And so what, what I wanted you to see here was that the, the, the dirty shirt would be taken off of us and was given to Jesus. And then this clean shirt, Jesus' perfect life, was then given to us. That's called the great exchange right there. 
right? And so Jesus took our sin, and when he took our sin, listen to me, he took our guilt and our shame that comes along with sin. He took all that from us, okay? All we have to do is we have to say, you know what? I recognize that I am a sinner, that I fall short of God's grace, and I mean, fall short of God's glory, and I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to put my trust in him. You guys know what that means, trust? It means, it means you, you believe that, that Jesus came and he died on the cross for your sins. And when we do that, man, we are given this clean shirt. All of our sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven. And so we no longer have to live with guilt and shame. And that, that is, that is, that is life-changing. Because listen to me, the gospel, the same gospel, good news that saves us, is the same gospel that's going to help us live this life for Jesus. All right? The gospel is good news all the way through. All right? So God begins to change us from the inside out. All right? Does, everybody, does that make sense? Right? So that's this. I wanted to kind of give a little gospel primer there for you guys. Everybody give these guys a hand. Thank you. You can leave the shirt on if you want. You don't have to. Okay. You guys can go back to your seats. You guys did a great job. I wish I had my shirt, man. I'm disappointed. I'll show it to you next time. All right. So, so, so here's the thing, okay? And this, this, is, this, is, why, this is why this is so important, okay? That, this is why the, the gospel is so important. It's because, it's because Jesus has made a way for us. He, he has bridged the gap. Verse 8 through 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, this belief and trust. And this is not of your own doing. You see, there was absolutely nothing that we could do to save ourselves. It's all by the grace of God. So that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen, listen to me, kids. I want you to understand that you are here for a reason. You have purpose in this life. God gives you a purpose. You're not just here randomly. Psalm 139 says that, that, that God knit us together in our mother's womb. He put us together. He formed us. And so you are here for a reason. You have purpose. By the way, for those of you that aren't on social media, um, we, we found out we're having another boy, uh, my wife and I. Yeah. So... So now my wife is really outnumbered. <laughs> three, three or four boys. Well, three boys and then me. Which, yeah, yeah. So, pray. She's going to need a lot of prayer over the next uh, 18 years. So, or longer, I guess. 18, 19 years. Uh, and, so, and so, here's what this means, man. Is, is that, that, that Jesus has made a way. He's bridged the gap. And so, so listen to me. So most people here... We don't pray because we feel guilty about not praying, right? Have you ever done that before? Like you, you know you ought to pray and you know you need to pray, but you don't pray because you feel guilty about not praying. I don't know if that's how it works for you or not. And that's, that's so silly because what that means is, is that guilt and shame still remains. You feel like you have to earn the right to pray. And that's why I wanted to do this little gospel primer with you is because, listen, Jesus took our guilt and shame. Hebrews 4.16 says that we can now 
approach the throne of God with confidence. Right before our relationship, we couldn't even, we didn't even, I mean, we couldn't even get close to God. But because of Jesus, we can now approach his, his throne it, where he's seated with confidence because of Jesus, because of what he's done for us. He, he, he's saved us. He, he loves us. He is crazy about us. And so the first thing I want you to understand this morning about prayer is it's about relationship. It's about relationship. I think sometimes we struggle with prayer because we, we make it mechanical. We make it very technical. We think, man, it's, it's kind of clunky. Yeah, I've got to follow this, 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 this order of uh, I've got to give praise and, and uh, thanksgiving and confession. And, you know, we, we kind of, and we kind of make it a very, very mechanical. And that's fine if you do that. But listen to me, it's about relationship. We are a child of God. I want you to think about this for a second. The disciples spent three and a half years with Jesus. Three and a half years they spent with Jesus, and they saw Jesus do some amazing things. They saw Jesus do miracles. I mean, they saw Jesus walk on water. They saw Jesus raise people from the dead. He turned water into wine. They saw him do amazing things. And you know what the one thing they asked Jesus to teach him was? To pray. You know why I think that is? I think they they asked Jesus to teach them to pray because they saw the relationship that Jesus had with the Heavenly Father. They they saw Jesus' relationship that he had with the Father when he went to pray, and they said, you know what? We want that. We want that kind of relationship. And because of Jesus, we can have that. And so that's what prayer is. It's simply having this conversation, right? Uh, this conversation with the creator of the universe. Listen to me, we have a father who longs to hear from us. We have a father who, who, who loves to hear our voice. Do you believe that this morning? Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus makes this statement. He says, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. That's every single person, man, who, who, who is struggling, who is uh, feeling a- anxious or depressed or feeling like they're not worthy or, or whatever. Jesus' invitation is, come unto me. I, wa- I want you here. I want to hear from you. We have a father who wants us to come to him. You know, one of my favorite things about being an earthly father to my kids is I love when I come home from work or I've been gone for, for a long, long trip and this happened this past week. I get back from, uh, from England. I didn't even have to wait. They were standing at the front door. It was awesome. But I, but I, I love when I walk through the door and I hear the pitter-patter of feet. And, and Shepard, you know, he's like, Daddy. And, and he comes running and he jumps up into my arms and, and I give him a big old hug. And I want you to understand, man, this is what God desires for us. He wants you to run to him, to jump in his arms, to have a conversation. He wants to hear your voice. And the beautiful thing is about God is he never gets tired of hearing your voice. I, I can remember growing up, man, I loved, I, I'm, a social, I'm a social butterfly. And I love to talk. And growing up, it was no different, so I would talk all the time. And my brother, he was a little different from me. He, he was opposite. He didn't like to talk. Uh, even today, you've got to, like, pry things out of him. And so... 
So I remember being young, and we'd be in the car, and I'd be talking up a storm, and my brother, who's four years older than me, uh, would say to my mom, say, Mom, would you tell him to please be quiet? He didn't say it quite that nice. <laughs> or, or, or parents, how, how many of you have ever said this to your kids, right? Your kids come to you, and they make a request, right? They say, hey, hey can I watch some more TV, or can I watch this cartoon, or can I have this? And you say no, right? But they don't like your answer, no. And so they continue to come to you, right? And they continue to ask and ask and ask. And then what's your response? You say what? You say, ask me again. Ask me again. And see what happens. Now listen, when you say ask me again, that's not a literal invitation for them to ask you again, right? That's a threat. You are gonna th- you're threatening their life. You say, ask me again and see what happens. But listen to me, listen to me. It's, it's, not, it's not like that with God. God loves to hear your voice. He does not get tired of you asking the same thing over and over and over again. In Luke chapter 11, uh, Jesus has just taught his disciples to pray in Luke chapter 11. And then he gives them this little parable about a, a, a woman who uh, has some visitors late at night. And so she, has, she doesn't have any bread to feed them, and so she goes to her next-door neighbor, and she's knocking on the door, and, 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 and the neighbor in the house is, like, already in the bed with all of his kids. And, and she's like, hey, i got some people that come to visit me, but I don't have any bread to, to, to feed them. Can you give me some bread? And at first he's like, no, no, I'm not getting out of bed, man. Go away. And, and the neighbor just continues to knock and knock and knock and knock. And finally the man gets out of bed because of her persistence. And gets her bread. And the point that Jesus is making in that parable is this. He's like, hey, listen, I never get tired of hearing your voice. I I never get tired of you asking me the same thing over and over and over again. Jesus welcomes it. God welcomes it. He wants you to do that. It's about relationship. I'm going to tell you something, man. A prayer that I pray every single day is, is I pray for my kids and their salvation. And I want you to know, man, that it's not technical, it's not mechanical. I don't get on my knees every night and, you know, say these big, I just, my prayer is simply, and I pray this in front of them, they hear me. God, I just pray for their salvation. I pray that you would draw them to you. I pray, God, would you capture their heart? God, would you you let them uh, know how much you love them? I pray that prayer every single day. I can tell you, God never tires of hearing it. If you have kids this morning, if you have young ones, teenagers or whatever, I would encourage you to pray that prayer every single day. I have, um, back in my home church, this couple, Ronnie and Pat Snyder. Pat has gone on to be with the Lord. uh, But for 40 years, she was persistent. She prayed for her husband's salvation. 40 years. Every day she prayed. And that 40th year, he gave his life to Jesus. And a year later, she went home to be with Jesus. See, Jesus, he never tires of hearing our voice. He wants us to, to be persistent. Um, man, I'm walking down the street sometimes in my neighborhood. I, I am praying on a regular basis. I'm praying for my neighbors. And again, listen to me. This is not... This is not some mechanical, this is not, I'm not standing in front of their, their house, and I'm not getting down on the ground and, you know, dear God, 
I'm just, as I'm walking, as I'm walking down the street, listen to me, I'm, 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 I'm describing this for you to, to show you that it's about relationship. It's not this mystical thing, okay? But I'm literally just walking down the street, man. I'm like, God, just pray for Heath. God, I pray that you would just draw him to you. I pray for his salvation. God, just give me an opportunity to share with him. God, I pray for Jimmy and Amanda. I pray for their salvation. I pray for Bonnie and Rick. I pray for uh, Brian and Kathleen. That, that's, that's, that's all it is. It's, just, it's a conversation. He welcomes it. Finally, I mean, listen, the prayer is relational, but uh, he wants to hear from you. But finally, uh, listen to me, it's the power behind our mission. I wanted you to see that prayer is relational, but, but, but most importantly, I want you to know that, that it's the power behind our mission, okay? And so I wanted to use a, a little illustration here. I've got this light bulb up here, uh, and this light bulb gives off light, right? So, so uh, Al, go ahead and, and turn off the lights in here. It's going to get a little dark, Okay? So, so this light bulb, if I, don't, if I don't have it plugged into the power source, it does no good, right? But if I take this light and I plug it in, right, it, it, it does what it's supposed to do. But if it never gets plugged in, then it doesn't, right? And so that's the way it is with prayer. Listen to me. Prayer is the power behind our mission. You're going to cut those lights back on. It's the power behind what we do, and nobody knew this more than Jesus, right? Jesus stayed connected to the power source. Uh, In Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 21 through 35, if you want to flip over there, you can. I'm going to just go through this real quick. Um, But in Mark chapter 1, 21 through, I think it's 35 there, Mark describes for us a full day for Jesus, okay? This is a full 24-hour period, all right? From, from sun up to sundown, he gives us a description of, of a day with Jesus. And I want you to just look through this, right? So the day starts out in verse 21, and it says that they went into Capernaum, and immediately, immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching, And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? So what I want you to see is that the day starts off with Jesus teaching in the synagogue, and then he begins to heal people. He begins to drive out evil spirits. And it says that they were all amazed, so they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout the surrounding region. And immediately he left the synagogue and he entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. And his mother-in-law lay ill with a fever. Right? So even Jesus is going to this house, his, his, uh, Peter's house. And he's thinking, okay, I'm going to get a little break. I'm going to get some rest time. But he walks through the door and he's like, hey, man, my, mom, my mother-in-law's sick. And if it's up to me, I just let her lay there. Just kidding. <laughs> he didn't say that. Peter didn't say that. <laughs> Some of you are like, I got a mother-in-law that I just let lay there. But, uh, but Peter didn't say that. Right? He's like, hey, my, my, my mom-in-law is sick. And so Jesus comes over and he, he heals her. And then that evening, it says at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Can you imagine this? Right? So Jesus has had a full day already. He's got to be tired. He's got to be exhausted. And, and they just keep bringing people to him. And then verse 35, look at what it says. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he did what? He prayed. 
See, Jesus knew that his power source was staying connected to the Father. We've got to understand, man, that this, this, this is the most important part of our mission is prayer. Prayer goes before, during, and after our mission. Listen, if we try to do this on our own, we're going to fail. Right? If we try to do ministry on our own, if we try to live this life on our own, we're going to fall short. We're going to be frustrated. But prayer is the power that gives us that what we need. Uh, look, look at another story uh, with me. It's in Luke chapter 9, verses 10 through 17. Another example of relying on this power. Real quick, we'll go through this real quick. This is Jesus feeding the 5,000, okay? And so Luke uh, chapter 9, verse, starting in verse 10, um, it says, On their return, so Jesus has just sent out the disciples on, uh, on a little tour there. And they come back, and it says, the apostles told him all that they had done. And he looked at them and withdrew uh, apart uh, to a town called Bethsaida. And when the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who, had, who needed healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came to him and said, Hey, send the crowd away so they can go to the villages and countryside and get some Mickey D's or Burger King or Wendy's or whatever they want to get. And, uh, but, but Jesus said to them, he says, You give them something to eat. And they said, well, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men, and not including women and children that day. And so, so what does Jesus do? Jesus has the crowd sit down, and he takes the five loaves and the two fish, and he does what with it? He, he prays, doesn't he? He prays, and then he gives the food to the disciples, and they begin to distribute the food, and everybody had more than enough. They were satisfied. And this is the point. We can try to do ministry. We can try to live life. We can see an impossible situation, right? We, we can be struggling in our marriage. We can be struggling in our finances. We can be struggling in just life in general. And we can try to, to get through it on our own. We, we can try to get through that impossible situation or circumstance on our own. But, but Jesus is saying here, listen, you need to rely on me. I, I am the, the power source, right? You, you need to pray and rely on him. And when we do that, then he gives us what we need and then some left over, right? We, we minister through his power, not by our own power. I, listen, I have absolutely no power to change people's hearts. I can't do it. As much as I would love to, you can't make people believe in Jesus that's why we pray. That's why we're persistent. God, would you draw them? God, would you help us to reach people for you? That's why this, this 24 hours of prayer has been so important for us. So important for us. That's what prayer does. Prayer turns us away from ourselves helps us rely on God. We minister and serve through his power and provision. This is how we complete our mission, God. It's about relationship and staying connected to the power source, God. And that's what prayer does. And so, so the way we learn to pray, if you're here this morning, you're like, man, I just don't know. I struggle with it. I, I feel it's clunky, right? Just understand it's a relationship, right? It's a conversation with God. And the way we learn to pray is by doing what? By praying. 
Just pray. And listen to me, it doesn't have to be this, this quiet time. So, so let me describe to you my prayer time uh, yesterday as we kicked this, this 24 hours off. Right, I went up to my room, and, uh, and I started off, and, and I prayed for about 15, 20 minutes, and then I went to the Word of God, and I read some Scripture, and I read the, the parable of the sower, and I prayed through those different soils, and I just prayed for God to soften the hearts of people and receive the gospel message. And then I came downstairs, and, and I sat with my family, and we prayed. You know how we prayed? We didn't pray... This, you know, this, this, we just sat on the couch, man. I had my eyes open. I was looking at my wife. I was looking at my kids, and I was just praying. See, we, we make this, this, I think, more difficult than it needs to be. It's just a conversation. It's just a conversation. So I want to encourage you to pray uh, just, just by praying. One great way to pray is by, by using the scriptures. That's what I did yesterday with the parable of sower. I just prayed back the scriptures. Right? This is the word of God that he wrote. So pray this back to him, right? Just, just read the scriptures and pray it back to him. Um, and, then, and then pray, pray for others. Pray, pray thanks, thanks and praise. Listen, we, we can thank God all the time, right? We can just give thanks to God constantly. God, thank you for a new day. Thank you for breath in my lungs. Thank you for uh, the way you provide. Thank you for um, just on and on and on and on. And then, and then there's times, man, we, we have times of, of prayers of, of forgiveness and confession. God, I really blew it today. I wasn't very kind to that person. I, ne- I need more of you in my life. I'm, I'm sorry. And that's, that's, that's what it is. Does that make sense? Amen. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, the band is going to come up, and we're going to sing a song here. And we do this each week. And, and um, I, I just want to offer a response to, to you here. I know there's a lot of people in the room, and, um, but if you're here this morning and you are still, if you're still, I didn't have this shirt this morning, but if you're still covered in your sin, if you're still, you know, just like fighting against that, saying, okay, I, I haven't given my life to Jesus yet, I haven't surrendered to him, I haven't put my trust in him. Listen, if that's you this morning, then I want to encourage you this morning as we sing this song to come down and say, you know what, I, I want to make that step, I want to give my life over to him. I need his forgiveness. I need Jesus in my life. If you're here this morning and, and you've already done that, but you're going through a difficult circumstance or a difficult situation, I want to invite some of our members of our prayer team down, and we want to pray with you. Listen, you can't do this on your own. You can't go through this on your own. You need prayer. You need people to encourage you. This is what I love about Sunday mornings. We come together and we, we encourage each other. We lift each other up and we worship God. So as we sing this song this morning, if you're struggling, if you're going through something, you need prayer, come on down. If you want to give your life to Jesus, come down. I'd love to talk with you. So let's stand together and let's do that, okay?